It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Available now from the Radio Theatre Workshop. Elite. Lave Revolution. This is Lave, or Lave 1 to give the correct designation. You crash somewhere here. What do you know about life? Many independent systems are ruled by warlords and madmen. Lave was once one of the most important systems in the galaxy. In those days, every independent pilot worth their salt got a license from Lave. Lave has been ruled by one man, Hans Walden, for nearly 100 years. Over a hundred years? The same man? Were you alive back then? They call him the Good Doctor. A rebellion forms on Lave. You people need to respect us! Or is it a test? Everything is a test. Many of you aren't old enough to remember the Alioth Rebellion. I don't need heroes. I require diligence and duty. One of the most ambitious full-cast audio productions ever attempted by an independent studio. Captains, I require all vessels to be at combat-ready status within the hour. Featuring Toby Longworth and Beth Eyre, known for Star Wars and wooden overcoats. You aren't aware that the good doctor expects results. Wait, how Bowles, what are you doing? Now you understand how serious we are. A five-hour full-cast space opera from the creators of Escape Velocity. Multiple warships inbound, sir. I need your ugly ship and its escorts. Based on the official Elite Dangerous novel. I need your pilots, fighters and military expertise. Witness the revolution. In exchange, I offer you Glaive. Well done, Prefect. You're looking tired, my friend. Elite. Lave Revolution. Now available on digital download and custom USB edition from www.radiotheatreworkshop.com or search on your favourite audiobook distributor. Are you really doing your part for Lave's return to glory, citizen? to the Agonal Dreams Podcast, Season 1, Episode 12 of Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare. This audio theater features some situations that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Chapter 12, Prorogue the Old. Throughout the next few weeks, the survivors began to turn the farmhouse into their home. One of the benefits of being out in the countryside was the lack of bashers. They were down to seeing them once or twice a week, and they were always malnourished and weak from the long distances they travelled to their homestead. So killing them was easy. Kat tried to keep her distance from Anne, who continued to feign paediatric innocence, 
fooling the rest of the group into thinking she was a sweet little survivor. She also made sure to keep a close eye on her whenever a basher came close to their home, but Anne always seemed uninterested in their arrival. Kat volunteered to stay on guard duty during the night, so she wouldn't continue to keep the household awake with her night terrors. Hey, Kat. How you doing? Uh, I just feel so drained. I'll be okay. Hey, you're on kitchen duty now? I was just seeing if she needed anything. She'll be fine. You go. Ray watched Jenny leave the room, her arms folded across her chest in distrust. Can I help you with something? No. Nothing at all. I said, not a kill shot. Adrian slowly descended on the basher to ensure there were no signs of life. There's gotta be something here that gives me some sort of clue as to what the hell is wrong with you. What the hell? Hey. Go get Cat. I... Just go. Ravi took off running inside the house forgetting to take off his wet shoes before entering. Ravi, I just mopped the floor. Stop fucking running in and out with your shoes on. Sorry! He knocked on each bedroom door but heard no reply. Cat? Cat, where are you? Hey, Ravi, looking for me? What's up? Cat smiled and replaced the water bucket for flushing the toilet over the tank. Her hair was pulled back into two intricate braids, and Ravi squinted to get a closer look. Wow. You did your hair. Yeah. It looks really neat. Uh, thank you. Did you need anything from me? Adrian is outside. He wants you. Kat nodded and pulled up the hood and her jacket to prepare to go out into the rain. Jenny scowled at Ravi as his shoes squeaked and squelched across the wood floor in the living room. I'll clean up the muddy prints, I swear! You needed me? You were saying something. A word I didn't recognize. I wanted to see if you knew it. Ah, oh, come on you. Speak! Speak! Well, what was he saying? I don't really know. It was like... E-chu-ka. Or something. Hmm. I'm not sure I know that one. Sorry to wake you during your rest time. I just thought... What? I'm just worried, you know? We have a secure house. We have food and water. But for how long? If I can just figure out what's causing this madness, maybe I can prevent it from happening to us too. Kat gingerly placed her hand against the back of Adrian's neck. You've done so much for us, Adrian. You really have. But trying to figure out what this is, and curing it, if it's even curable, I... it's too much for one person to handle. 
Just try to enjoy what we have now. I just can't stop thinking about why us. Why are we so special that we haven't been affected by it? It's keeping me up at night. Maybe we are affected. What do you mean? Well, what were you doing when the storm hit? Unimportant. Okay. Take me, for example. Before coming to the U.S., I didn't have night terrors. I didn't hear voices. I was just a normal person. You experienced the end of the world, Cat. Those things are side effects of post-traumatic stress disorder. Maybe. Or maybe it's something else. Thanks for coming out here anyway. We'll try again next time one wanders onto the property. Let's go inside and get out of this rain. I'll join you in a sec. Kat kneeled next to the dead basher, letting the rain soak through her clothing. The water was no longer cold, and she longed to be submerged. An unsettling presence descended on her, and she opened her eyes fearfully. A slim figure stood, hovering over her, the rain pasting her stringy hair against her ashen face. Hmm, I was wondering when you would come around again. This one's dead. Nothing to suck out of it. Anne's eyes sparkled, and she leaned over towards her. Kat recoiled, but her small hands enveloped her own in a cold embrace. I haven't told anyone about what I saw. Don't worry. Obviously, there are things going on that are difficult to explain. I would know. Anne's hands were freezing, and Kat felt like she was touching the hands of a corpse. Kat wanted to run inside the house and tell everyone what a monster Anne really was, but she couldn't move. The girl's ice grip on her skin held her in place, like an iron vice. Once again, Kat watched Anne's jaw unhinge, wincing against the painful popping and snapping of muscle and tendon in her face. Once her mouth was completely opened, she let out a piercing moan, followed by a bloody gurgle. Before Kat could even react, her icy fingers were gripping each side of Kat's face. She lunged towards Kat, forcefully pressing her bloody open mouth to hers. Kat tried to scream as she began to feel the transfer of energy flow between their two bodies. Instead of feeling energy leaving her, Kat began to feel a filling sensation, like the bottom portion of an hourglass rising up with sand as a vision began to take form in her mind. opened her eyes, and she was home again. The island was dark, illuminated only by the moon and stars. Stepping past the tree line, Kat followed the sound of the tribe. She couldn't remember hearing this song ever before. A large bonfire burned in the distance, and Kat could see a group of elders waiting at the base of the fire, just out of reach. The ocean behind her crashed defiantly, and Kat felt her head start to spin from all the noise in the air. A freezing sensation ran through her, and she saw her mother walk past her. Kat knew she couldn't interact in her vision, but the sensations and the sounds were so vivid, she could have sworn she was back on the island. Her mother waddled slowly through the sand, her large belly shifting from side to side. 
This is so perfect. Your village is magnificent. This way, please. Oof. Can I rest a moment? I tire very easily now. Sit. Take your time. Kat watched with piqued curiosity as her mother plopped down in the sand. Tani stood rigidly next to her, as if she was standing guard. The waves crashed against the beach again, soaking Yelena. Oh, shoot! I'm soaking wet now! Guess I shouldn't have sat so close to the water. That wave seemed to come out of nowhere. I need to change my clothes. The matriarch nodded and helped Yelena to her feet. Kat followed them as they left the beach and began walking back towards the huts. The fire burned brightly behind them, and Kat could still hear the tribal music blaring. I can't thank you enough for contacting my publisher about having me come out here and take photos of your tribe. I know it's a great honor that isn't given to many outsiders. Only those who are worthy. Tani led Yelena into her own hut and offered her a seat on her bed. Kat followed them inside and saw her mother's bag already placed near the door of the hut. She dug through it and retrieved another clean outfit. After her mother changed, Tani lifted a wooden bowl to Yelena's lips, encouraging her to drink. What's this? You must drink it. Not until you tell me what it is. I'm pregnant, you know, and I can't have anything that would harm my baby. Tani sighed and Kat saw the ancient fatigue welling in her eyes. You must drink it if you want to save your child. What are you talking about, old woman? You have not been called here to take photographs. You have been called here because you have been chosen as a sacrifice. You ignorant old hug. Do you really think I would come here and not tell my fiancé where I'm going? You will come looking for me, and if you've done something to my baby or me, you will... With the speed of an athlete, Tani grabbed Yelena by the hair and forced the black liquid down her throat. <coughs> what are you doing? Unhand me! It is done. Rest now. The effect will take hold in a few hours. I don't understand. Why are you doing this? What have you given me? The old woman sighed again and stroked Yelena's hair with almost a sense of affection. At that moment, she looked a thousand years old, and Kat wondered if she really was. Without water, there would be no life. It gives us everything we need. Oxygen, hydration, nutrition. But we must show appreciation for all we have been given by her. By who? The water goddess. We know her as Tika. To pay homage to all her gifts, we must sacrifice one life giver back to her whenever she desires. But why you pick me? What have I done to you? You would kill an unborn baby? I did not choose this. She does. I simply must follow her orders. We cannot anger the goddess, or chaos will cover the earth. The Bing root I have given you will speed up your labor. 
Once the child is born, you will be sacrificed to the ocean. And the child? What will become of her? I will care for her. Kat wiped her eyes as she watched her mother come to the realization that she would never get to be in her own daughter's life. She silently prayed Rogelio would find their daughter and take her away from this place. But why did the goddess pick me? I live far away from this place. The goddess's choices are not for my questioning. But I know a sacrifice must be of pure heart, sound mind, and the power to harness water. Don't be ridiculous. Now I know you're mad. What do you mean by harness water? Crazy talking, that is what it is. I'm sorry it must be this way. But the goddess has chosen you for a reason. If I were to not sacrifice you to the ocean, it would mean the world's end. Yelena began to weep as she dropped to her knees on the floor of the hut. Tani gave her a final look of transparent grief before leaving Yelena to cry in peace. I pray with everything inside me that your offspring does not possess the same power as you. Kat sat with her mother inside Tani's hut for the rest of the night. Her mother cried and talked to her belly. Tani returned in the morning as the pinks and yellows began to streak across the island sky. It is time. Kat looked away as Tani directed two men to carry Yelena to the birthing hut on the other side of the island. She couldn't bear to watch the islanders tear her from her mother's arms. Kat sat in Tani's hut and listened to Yelena's labor screams cut through the quiet air like a scythe. She walked outside of the hut as Yelena was being dragged towards the beach, kicking and screaming. My God! Please don't let her forget me! With her hands bound behind her back, Yelena stood at the water's edge, her terrified eyes watching the waves pummel the sand in front of her. The time has come now for the most important part of the ceremony, the sacrifice. The goddess requires the sacrifice to allow us to live upon the Earth's dry land in peace, for without it we would be punished with the force of a thousand suns, then drowned for forty days. This woman will be our sacrifice and ensure the earth allows us residency until the goddess calls for another. For thousands of years, the monster has been kept at bay by our sacrifices. Unawakened from her slumber within the ring of fire, if she is pleased with our sacrifice, humanity is safe. You cannot escape your destiny. You are now a part of this tribe. The most important part. Kat watched in horror as an enormous wave leaped from the depths and crashed down upon her mother. After the waters receded, only the ocean remained. The sea immediately calmed, satiated once more. Anne's head lolled backwards as the transfer of her energy came to an end. 
Her outstretched hands became slack against Kat's face, falling away one at a time. Anne! Snapping out of her dazed state, Kat sprang forward and caught her limp body as Anne began to tumble towards the ground. She was so light and frail now, like a little rag doll. Her once shiny eyes were now a dull grey. She closed them slowly and painfully popped her jaw back into place. The blood, rusty and old-smelling, flecked her painfully chapped lips. For a while, Kat sat there on the far corner of the property, rocking Anne's body in her arms, waving away the flies who had discovered the dead basher nearby. It's all my fault! But how could I have known? Thunderous rain pelted the old farmhouse as the water outside began to rise. The group of survivors sits huddled together around the pot-bellied stove in the living room. How is she? She's resting. Is she going to make it? <clears throat> Only time will tell. And another one. Stop it, Bray. Are you all really that blind? She's not going to stop until she kills all of us. She didn't kill her the first time, so she waited and tried again. Bravo, Cat. I haven't done anything to anyone. Lies! Come on, Ray, calm down. Well, let's sit around and do nothing until the next one, huh? Cat isn't a murderer. You've been around for like two minutes. What do you know? What did happen, Cat? Cat sat quietly by herself, her back resting against the far wall of the living room. I don't know exactly. Yeah, always the same story with you, huh? Right, ease up. How many people's blood is on Kat's hands now? Are we counting Heather's baby, too? Ugh! Okay, everybody, shut the fuck up! I didn't want to say it before, but there is something supernatural happening here. You can't be serious. It's true. Adrian, don't tell me you don't remember that shadow woman from the homeless shelter. Explain what happened there, why don't you? You're all nuts. Adrian, I know you are a man of reason. But can't you just accept that there might be something happening that cannot be explained by science? No, I can't. We need to all say what we've experienced and see if it's similar. This is ridiculous. We have to summon her. Summon who? Tika. Tika. How do you guys know about the goddess? She appeared to me in the aquarium. She is the one who gives me visions. She's horrible, but she always shows me the truth. I've never seen her. I've, I've only heard her in my mind. A sinking realization occurred to Ravi as he remembered his encounter back at the homeless shelter. Guys, I think I've also interacted with her. She, she took Christian. What do you mean she took Christian? The way she was talking. She didn't come out and say it, but I'm pretty sure she did. Why didn't you say anything to us, Ravi? Oh, yeah. Like you would have believed me. So, was that Shadow Woman Tika? What the hell are you guys even talking about? What is a Tika? I don't know. Something powerful? A, a, a demon, maybe? She just appears and says I called for her. 
then she shows me awful things. When I was chained up in the basement of the aquarium, she came to me. She said I summoned her, but I wasn't able to see her either. She was just hidden in the shadows. She's a goddess, goddess of the ocean. The group turned to look at Kat, who was now standing. I have to go back. You can count me out. I am never going back there. No way, no how. Go where, Kat? Home. I have to go back to my island. No, I'm not going to allow this. This is insanity. Why now? All of a sudden, when things are finally starting to look okay for us. Why do this now? Why do you have to go home, Kat? What will that solve? Summon Tika to us now! We can ask her! You really do not want to mess with this kind of thing. Come on, guys. There's nothing to mess with because it's not real. There is someone who can probably summon her. They all turned to look at Audrey, sitting on the edge of the living room sofa. You know who I'm talking about. She pointed to Kat and frowned. Crossing her arms across her chest, she flicked her head to the side, indicating the second story. Who? Anne. No. They deserve to say everything to us. At least After a yelling match between Jenny, Heather, and Adrian, he finally broke down and granted the group temporary access to Anne's room, who slept peacefully in the oversized queen bed. This is insane. They all crowded around the small bedroom upstairs. Anne, frail as any of them had ever seen her, lay on her back tucked into the covers. Kat stroked her long hair and watched her small chest rise and fall. How do you expect to summon this demon or whatever the hell she is? What does this have to do with Anne? I thought you didn't want to participate. I don't. But I, I don't want to stay downstairs by myself. The storm's getting pretty bad. Come here and sit next to me. Oh! This is so ridiculous. Messing around with monsters and demons are only going to get you in trouble. Besides, the evil one is gone. He took his little whore and hightailed it out of here. Hey, watch your mouth! Don't you talk about him like that! Yeah? And what's it to you? Joan stood up, puffing out her chest to the much shorter but more defined Ray. She balled her fists in irritation, and Ray narrowed her eyes back at her. Shocked someone would dare to speak to her in such a way. I've had about enough of you. All right, that's enough. We aren't here to fight. We are here to get some answers. Here's an answer for you. You all just sit back and wonder what the hell happened back there at the commune. Accidental fire my ass. This little ray of sunshine is hiding the truth. You are so dead. Joan. Stop dancing around your words. Just say what you know. Emery's gone. She didn't burn up in the fire. Ira took her. Or should I say he left with her? They planned the whole thing and just left us there to die. She was knocked up, the little idiot. It wasn't by me, I swear. How? Well, I know it was a Weber for sure. Couldn't tell you if it was by senior or junior, though. 
She had no control over what they did to her, did to all of us. Why should she be punished for that? Oh, how stupid you all are. Shut up. No, you shut up, Ray. You don't have any power here. They deserve to know the truth, at least everything we know before they bring evil here. They should know how evil has been here all along. Don't do this, Joan. What you are about to say can't be unsaid. It's too late, love. Our community wasn't just a group of survivors. We were the flock of the new generation. Father Weber and Ira promised to protect us and lead us into the new world. What does that mean? We were their own personal baby-making factories. They accepted my three kids. Said they could take their last name and be part of the community of the future. My boys. Guys, I don't think this is- You listen, it's my turn to talk now. They promised us food, water, protection. But we had to become the wives of Father Weber and raise all of our children together like a cult. So, Jenny wasn't Father Weber's only wife? We were all his wives, forced to the altar under false promises. It wasn't the best choice, but none of us had anywhere else to go when the world ended. Some of the women started complaining about the conditions. They wanted to leave. Their children were hungry. One woman tried to climb the barbed wire fence. And they, they... Others were taken from the sleeping room in the middle of the night. We don't know where they went. And nobody had any answers for us. We wanted to leave, all of us. And there was one good person there. She wanted to help us escape. She loaded us all up into a charter bus she found at a church one night. She was going to rescue us. We left in the dead of night, packed in with our children. We were finally free. Sam. So how did you end up back at the community? The bus crash? Bingo. It wasn't no accident, mind you. They knew what we were planning. I didn't know anything, I swear. Liar! She's telling the truth, Joan. What the hell do you know about all this? When I was being held captive by the Foster Brothers, I heard one of them talking on a walkie-talkie to Ira. He knew everything. He planned the crash and for them to capture Sam. No way. My brother would never do that. He did, Ray. I heard everything. The Foster Brothers were working with Father Weber and Ira. I guess a deal went sour and the Foster Brothers went rogue. All they wanted was human flesh to feed their mutated fish. After the bus crashed, I wake up with a broken leg and strapped to a cot in that godforsaken room. We all did. At least those who survived the crash. All of our children were gone. Father Weber tells us, you will bear our new children, a whole new world with us at the helm. I didn't tell him I had a hysterectomy years ago. 
there was no way I was going to have any more children. But they didn't need to know that. He would never do that. Wake up, Ray. Your brother was no saint. I know he had problems, but I never imagined it was this bad. But you still haven't answered why you're upset at Emily for getting pregnant. Who do you think told Ira about our escape plans? She was in love with Ira. She wanted to have his baby. So she could be the top wife of the commune. The worst part is, they were together even before the madness started. Ira got fired from his job at the school because he was hooking up with students. Emery was in my son's senior class. She followed him around like a puppy. It only got worse after the madness started. If what you're saying is true, why was she in the bus crash with the rest of you? She was injured when I first arrived. Broken ulna and fractured wrist. <laughs> you really think Father Weber would let his son have one woman to himself? Accidents happen when you have sex with a man four times your own weight. Lord of mercy. How dare you all spread lies about the people who protected you and fed you after the rest of the world abandoned you? You're still defending the men who planned the murder of your lover? You're in complete and utter denial, Ray. Shut up! Ira started the fire, Ray. I know you don't believe me, but he cut the back fence and left me to be killed by the bashers. He didn't care about any of us. I'm sorry. Ooh, I bet Emery was the one who locked us in the building and turned off the generators. Treacherous witch. Okay, nobody panic. Let me get the flashlights. What's happening? She's here. This isn't happening. This isn't real. I would have thought you, of all people, would believe that anything is possible. I'm a man of logic and reason. Who are you? Show yourself! Julia. Oh, Julia. Keep her name out of your mouth. Why, oh why, would you stick your head in an oven? Don't you dare. Have you not listened to your friends? Tisk tisk tisk, Adrian. Should I change my voice to sound like this? I know you can't trust women. <laughs> Show yourself. You mean everybody doesn't know about poor Julia? Surely they would understand why you promised never to love again. Tika, leave him alone. Uh, uh, uh. I was summoned. Now I must show the truth. You all have your secrets. You expect me to tell you all of mine without any reciprocation. You foolish girl. And you, of all people, should be interested in why he wouldn't love you. Tell us what is going on. Why did the world end? Are we all going to die? One among you already has all the answers you seek. You do not need me to tell you these things. Who? Who knows what is going on and hasn't said anything? Heather? She's probably seen it in one of her visions. No, I swear I haven't. Hmm. I wonder. 
Stop playing games and show yourself. Why do you act like you don't know who I am? Oh, Lord God in heaven, please forgive me. I am God. The house rattled and shook violently, and a sudden great force of the earth tore the room apart, taking the entire house with it. Water rushed in and began to overtake the survivors as they climbed higher and higher to keep their heads above water. The only light source was the forks of lightning that illuminated the sky in brief spurts of energy. Otherwise, they were enveloped in murky blackness. They couldn't see it, but they could hear the rushing waters rising below them. Reveal yourself, coward. The black darkness of the water swelled dangerously below him, below all of them. Kat shuddered as she felt a wet hand close around hers. Jenny whimpered and rested her head against Kat's shoulder. Jenny hugged Kat with the fierceness of a friendship that she knew would survive time and space. Kat couldn't hear anyone else over the storm and the waves. I love you, Kat. It doesn't end this way. Anne! The sky lit up and revealed her. There, in between the two broken sections of the house. The wet ebony hair clung to the shadowy figure like seaweed, and she smiled. Her jaw hung loosely below her elongated snout, full of hundreds of serrated teeth. Her body, thin and black, pulsated with rhythmic torrents of cosmic rain. Kat could hear the screams from her frightened group, echoing among the storm upon her terrifying reveal. A blackness encroached inside her mind, and Jenny saw the Shadow Woman penetrate her thoughts. All of a sudden, the likeness between the creature's form and the skinny raven-haired mute merged into one being. Anne is Tika? You humans were warned this would happen. Without a sacrifice, you shall be punished. The water erupted with hundreds, thousands of bodies, all in a frenzy, swimming towards the survivors hanging on for dear life. It is time. Anne, why are you doing this? I thought I could trust you. <laughs> that was only the human vessel I used to walk among you. But why? Silence. The sacrifice has not been received. Humanity will pay for their disobedience and destruction of the earth. Stop! The creature paused and turned towards Cat. Take me. Cat, no. It's my fault. I left the island before I could be sacrificed to the ocean. I didn't know I was chosen. But take me now, Tika. Just stop all this destruction. Cat, no! Tika smiled, revealing her teeth, as the group of survivors scream in horror and protest. Silence! You can have me, but you must return the energy source. You won't need it anymore. Giving life is not enough. Please return him to Heather. I know you have him. Please, Tika, goddess of the ocean. The creature screamed in response, but Cat could hear the familiar sounds of the infant's cries. A dark wave crashed onto the roof under the survivor's feet, and Heather screamed in disbelief. The darkness shielded Kat from seeing them, but she could hear the joyous reunion between her and Christian. 
Before Kat could even say her final words to the group, Tika reached for Kat, her hand beckoning her closer. Kat cast one final look over her shoulder at the group, her family, and took Tika's hand. In that instant, Tika flung both of them backward, over the edge of the roof of the farmhouse. Kat plunged into the depths, the cold water devouring her senses immediately, leaving her numb and unable to move on her own. She was helpless as the creature dragged her deeper and deeper into the water. She opened her eyes and could see bashes in the water surrounding her. As Tika passed them, the human bodies were shed and Kat could see black shadows escaping through the mouths of the bodies. The shadows followed Tika, swimming deeper and deeper into the depths. Kat wondered what the goddess had in store for her when they reached their final destination. They travelled a great distance. Kat could not estimate the amount of time the creature dragged her through the water, but as time dragged on, Kat noticed the water getting warmer. Eventually, she realised she was back in the ocean. She was near her island. The creature finally reached her destination, followed by millions of shadows. Kat knew that she would have drowned shortly after Tika brought her to the waters without her previous training. But the need for breath was no longer present, and she simply closed her eyes and meditated and waited to see what plans the creature had for her. Tika released Kat's hand, letting her body drift to the ocean floor. Kat made her body go limp and feigned lifelessness. Kat's eyes were closed tightly as she waited for the goddess to consume her, but she felt nothing. The water swirled around her, and Kat cautiously opened her eyes. Skeletons littered the ocean bed all around her, but the goddess and her water spirits were gone. upright out of the surf. She took a few wobbly steps into the warm sand. Welcome back. Tani smiled, and Kat could see the deep creases showing her advanced age. You are the sacrifice. Kat sputtered and inhaled deeply, but felt as though her voice was lost. Tani chuckled and placed a comforting hand atop Kat's shoulder. I see you have harnessed some of your abilities being out there in the world. Kat worriedly cast her eyes towards the surf, searching with a racing panic. The sacrifices will never end, Katya. But normalcy has returned for now. The outside world will start to rebuild. Kat felt a pain and rubbed her hand over her abdomen. Her stomach was clearly rounded and heavy, and Kat stared at it in shock. You have completed the cycle. Kat smiled and rubbed her stomach lovingly. Come, Katya, let's get you some dry clothes. It shouldn't be too much longer now. Kat looked back towards the ocean. She knew she could never go back, but she hoped Adrian would find her last gift to him. 
Under the sink in their shared bathroom sat a single white applicator, donned with a pink plus sign. It wasn't much, but it was all that she could give for now. Her legs buckled under her, and she felt the strong grasp of the matriarch lift her once again onto her feet. For now, she was just happy that she had survived. Proud she had saved him, saved all of them. The rest, she thought to herself, she would figure out another day. Tuesday terror really gets the nerves on edge and gives you a nice, healthy fear of the dark. For a change, catch Bells in the Bat Free, where your nerves will still be on edge, but with a nice, healthy fear of bad puns, silly situations, and absurd plots. Bells in the Bat Free, in Friday Follies and every other week in Sunday Showcase. Just keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. <laughs>